Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Hey, how are you guys doing? This is the greatest day to ever be born. Amen. To ever be alive. Isn't that good news? I mean, good Lord. Woo! We just come out of thanksgiving, right? And so we, we get to be thankful and given thanks. So what does thank, thankful mean, right? It means I'm full of thanks, right? And it's hard to get down and it's hard to get depressed and it's hard to get mad, right? Have you ever been mad at, mad at someone and you're like, I'm so thankful for you? you know what i mean i mean that's the first thing linda says to me when when i don't do something that i should have done right is i'm so thankful for you honey right and that's the first thing you, you guys do right and so it's really hard to be mad when you're thankful and so so it brings peace to our lives because then we also get to take an accounting right you know what we're saying is like you know what all this stuff looks really bad but look what i got to be thankful for look look what's in my heart and look what's in my life and look what god's blessed me with and i can be thankful for all of that stuff amen even some of the stuff we don't like this is the first day i've ever been thankful that i had my mask <laughs> right because i put it on and i'm like man this mask stinks <laughs> And then I realized it wasn't the mask. It was like my breath. And so I was like, it was a reminder, hey, go go get more mouthwash or something, dude, right? But then I got to thinking, I was like, you know something? I haven't heard anyone complain about people having bad breath since we've been around these masks. And I was like, what what a benefit that is, right? And so we can be thankful even, and then we get to see people's eyes too, Right? And so I know people are usually distracted by the beauty of my face that they don't get to just concentrate on my eyes. But now we get to see my eyes, too. And so there's a great blessing in everything. If we'll just open our eyes and see what, what's God doing in our lives right now. There's an opportunity in every obstacle, in every opportunity. And we're finding opportunities in the midst of this right not just in our personal life not just in in our business lives but also for this church too there's going to be a great blessing that comes out of everything that we've been through if we will just maintain our hope and our trust and put it in the right place which is the only place it ever belonged anyway and it's in god himself and in the finished work of jesus and if we do that we ain't got nothing but hope, right? We ain't got nothing but peace. We ain't got nothing but something to be thankful for. And I'm so thankful for that, right? So um, I know I was praying. I was getting ready for for Thanksgiving, and the night before, the song just kept going through my head. And it said, I will enter his courts with Thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter, or I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. And it just kept going over 
and over and over. Do you ever have those songs? Like, like um, we used to sing a song in, in middle school, La Cucaracha, La Cucaracha. <laughs> and it sounded great. You know what I mean? Until I realized we were singing about cockroaches, right? But then it gets in your head, and you're just like going over and over and over. And you're like, how can I ever get this out, right? But, but um, anyway, that's beside the point. Where did that come from, right? But that song just kept playing and playing. And it was in my heart, and it was in, in my mind. And I realized, you know, some, sometimes God will talk to us in strange ways, right? But a lot of times when I get this, so you ever wake up and you got just this song in your heart? And you're, and you're just like, whoa. And then you get into your day and you're like, oh, I know God's talking to me today, right? And so it's just confirmation that God is at work in our life. I'll, it, it amazes me. A lot of times I'll come to church and hear the worship and like me and Jim don't coordinate, right? And, and But the Holy Spirit does. And it'll just go, bam, just right down the line. Why? Because God speaks. Through, through different various things. Sometimes it's through songs. Sometimes it's through the word. Sometimes it's through someone coming up and just giving you an encouraging word. But God is always at work because this is his body and he's alive. his body's alive. Right? It's not dead. Right? If it was in the tomb, we'd have had no hope of a future. But because he rose again, he guaranteed every promise. And now we are his body here on earth and we get to do the good works that he's called us to do and part of that is taking care of our own selves too right but anyway i was reading and I, um it made me it made me hunt this down and so i was like i'm going to find out in scripture and so it's not hard we have this wonderful thing that can help us if <clears throat> if we don't remember it's called google <laughs> right a lot of people are worried about oh this is evil or that's evil i'm telling you there's some great stuff i mean how, whoever had siri you know or now i got alexa too and like i love torturing these things right <laughs> so like i'm alexa hey um how can i help you are you a communist <laughs> then i'll go like hey alexa are you spying on me and then, then, then she, like, Alexa quits talking to me. I mean, that's how bad it is. Like, like Alexa, am I good looking? And then she answers it, right? She's like, like I can't see, but I, I feel like you are probably very handsome. And I'm like, I know you're right now, Alexa, right? So now I can't even be, like, like paranoid about her no more. I'm, like, loving her, right? But I still torture, right? But sometimes there's these things that, we can, we can ask and say, hey, where is this found? So you take advantage of that stuff. You get a Bible verse that pops into your mind or something, you don't know where it is. If you got Siri or Alexa or something on that, take advantage of the gifts that God's given us because I've been thankful for that many a time in my life, right? And so, anyway, <clears throat> um, it brings me to Psalms 100. Psalms 100 verse 1 says this, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. And do you know in Hebrew what all means right there? All. Right? Worship the Lord with gladness. Right? Anybody ever wake up and you're like, oh, 
worship the I don't want to worship the Lord today. I mean, come on. Right? Come on. Sometimes we go through that stuff, but he's saying, worship the Lord with gladness. Why are we worshiping the Lord? Because worship has nothing to do with what anything else is going on. It's not about what God's done or is going to do. It's about who God is. So when we come to worship God, we're saying, you're worthy. No matter what my circumstances, no matter what the world looks like, no matter what's going on, it never changes that you're worthy of my honor and worthy of my praise and worthy of my adoration because you're still the king of the universe. And there's a Jewish um, saying that, that if, um, if you never done another thing for us, everything that you've done in the past would be way more than enough than we ever would have deserved. And it's the truth. Right? It's only because of His grace and because of His goodness and because of His mercy. And He's worthy to be worshipped. Right? He's worthy to be honored. He's worthy to be praised. And so, so I, I just want to worship Him. And so we can worship Him in more than just, um, <laughs> more than just in the praises or, or when we lift our hands. We can worship Him in how we walk. We can worship Him in how we talk. We can worship Him in how we do our our job, right? We can worship Him in everything we are. We can give honor and say, thank you. I'm so glad and thankful that you have given me this life that's so abundant and so extravagant and so unworthy to have this grace, but it's only because of you. And because of that, I'm going to honor you and worship you. And when we do, we start living a worshipful life. And the Bible says what we're really doing is we're lifting Jesus up. And the Bible says when we lift him up, he what? He draws all men to him. Not like drawing like this, but like draws, right? Like a magnet, man. He's like, it's a magnet. It can't help for people to see Jesus in us and want to, want to know more, more about him, right? And so when we worship the Lord with gladness, and then it says, and we come before him, with joyful songs. <laughs> See, I love that. Songs are a great part of worship, and that's why I'm so thankful. There's certain things that, that are not um, negotiable in my faith life. One of that is I want to be able to worship God in how God's put it in my heart. And part of that is through songs. Part of that's through prayers. Part of that's through... through um, <clears throat> They're just getting to praise him and see how great he is. And so there's power in it, right? I think of all the um, battles in the, you know, it was Jeho Jehoshaphat, right? They didn't send the Navy SEALs out. They didn't even send the infantry out, right? They didn't call the Navy out, right? Because the Navy would have a hard time, you know, driving the boat on ground, right? Or even the Air Force, man. They said, you know what? We're sending the choir out. Yay me, right? You want to talk about thinning the choir out? I was like, do they just not like how they sing? Is there something going on here that I didn't know about? And they're like, we'll get rid of this. is a great excuse to get rid of these dudes, right? You know, give it, that'd be a great TV show, right? Let's send them out first, and whoever survives, they win. Right? But what happened? He sent them out. And guess what? God gave them the victory. They didn't even need 
to fight the battle. And so that's what's so powerful about when we come to come together to worship and we worship God in song and we worship God in our heart and we worship God in our prayer and we worship God through through like I get to worship God right now by sharing his word with you. Right. And to me, that that's honoring God and that's saying, you know, something you're bigger than anything we're going to face or bigger than anything we're going to see or bigger than any bad news we're going to hear. Right. It really comes down to this. Whose report are you going to believe? Whose report, right? Like there's a lot of bad news reports on all sides, right? But I want to tell you there's some good news reports too. And they come in the promises of what Jesus and the Word of God has given us. And there's 7,487 of them, something like that. That's a lot of promises. That's a lot of of good news, and we can grab a hold of those promises and say, you know what? I'm going to believe your report. You said, Father God, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Right? You, you said, said, bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all my iniquities and who heals all my diseases. There's good news. Do you hear what I'm saying? He provides for us, and He takes care of us, and He says, I'll be your provider. Said, said, said um, you'll be blessed when you come in and you're blessed when you go out. A lot of people are like, I'm blessed when you go out. <laughs> right? And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Like, that's what I was talking about. See, there's a blessing. Right? So, but there's blessings that God has for us and it comes in truth, right? The Bible says, and you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you actually look at it in the original, it says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth you know will set you free. See, there's something about knowing, right? There's a knowing that we can get, and that knowing comes, that's in John 8, by the way. And it was probably in red in your Bible. Because <laughs> I believe Jesus said it, right? When in doubt, go to the red, right? Right? Hard to argue with that. So, so there, there's this truth in knowing and knowing and knowing, and it's what we know. There's knowledge and understanding, right? There's knowledge and wisdom. How do I know something? So like when, um, when I first started to shoe horses, like I'd have to really think about it. You know, I think the shoe goes on this way, and I think you turn the nail here, and if you do... And, like, I had to think about it, right? And, I mean, I had to really think about it. But now I walk and I look and see a foot, and I don't think, well, which way does the shoe go? Or what am I going to do? Or how is this going to go? I got this knowing. Do you hear what I'm talking about? I know that I'm going to do this, and I'm going to trim here, and I'm going to put the shoe here, and I know the nail's got to go here. And, and it becomes something that you just do second nature. That's how you know that you know because it just becomes a part of you, a part of your life. And you're not like spending a lot of time just racking your brain trying to get it in because it's already dropped inside. Right? So that's how we know the truth. There's certain truths in God's Word that we know. Like when someone throws something at us, we don't have to ponder on it and say, well, I wonder if that's right or not. Right? 
And so, uh, um, when you hear a, a preacher up there preaching and all, preach the Word of God, and that Word of God hits you, and immediately you know because it agrees with your spirit and it agrees with your heart, and you're like, yes, I know that's the truth. That's why, because you know. That's called knowledge, right? Now, what do I do with that knowledge, right? Is I know what to do, and I know how to do it. That's called wisdom. If I run into a problem with that shoe, or the horse has an abscess, and I do everything that I know, and then still not work, and I have the wisdom to search that out and find an abscess. Oh, well, this could be what's going. So I know how to apply what shoe to what horse, and, and what size of, of shoe to that horse. And that's called wisdom, right? So God gives us this knowledge, right? We know what the Bible says, but then he says, now I'm going to give you the wisdom to operate in it. Right? He says, I want you to love your neighbor, but like, how do we love our neighbor? Because you're like, well, well, you can hear it and know that you're supposed to love your neighbor, but then when your, your neighbor is over there trying to get Christmas tree lights hung up and they're like hanging off the ladder... Loving your neighbor would not be getting a video out. <laughs> Man, I'm going to get a million hits on this, right? Actually, you could give it to your wife and then have her video it, and then you can go help them. See, you're still, you're doing two things at once. You're being creative and you're helping your neighbor too, right? So that's some wisdom there too. You know how to do it and when to do it, right? So you help get them off the... You know, the, out of their mess. That's that's the wisdom in knowing when and where to help too. And so, sometimes when we help, we're not a help. So knowing when to help, where to help, how to help, that's got that's wisdom, right? And that's loving too, right? So it's real important for us to get a hold of that, right? You're like, why are you going off into knowing wisdom? Because the next verse. You guys must have not read ahead of me. <laughs> right? I was just so excited about this. I'm just like, ah! Know that the Lord is God. Know. Right? He's saying, no. How do we know? Right? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. How do we know God's promises? We hear them, and we hear them, and we hear them. You talk about uh, to motivational speakers or life coaches or anything, they say, listen to this and then 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 listen to this. What are they saying? Because you've got to get it from your subconscious, from your conscious to your subconscious, then it drops into your heart. Once it's in your heart, then you start living it out. And that works with all the negative stuff too. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's important what we hear. Because what we hear when it drops down into our heart we're going to act out on what we're, we're, is in our heart. We're, we can either act in faith or we can act in fear. And so it's real important. Know the Lord, right? How do I know Him? Talk to Him. Hear from Him. Hear, hear faith. Hear, hear the Bible, right? Um, hear what God's saying in the Bible, now you could turn this Bible over and, and pick out, you know, just I'm going to see what it says, and boom. And it says, Jesus wept. And you're like, well, that don't help me. Right? Take the Bible in context. Find the promises of God. That's a great way to start. 
what is God promising me? What is his word saying? And know it. And when you see what he's doing, you'll see his heart. And you'll see that he loves me. That he, he loves me, but he loves you too. Right? And no one will be able to convince you anything different because you know the Lord is God. Now, in the Old Testament, when you see the G, the capital L-O-R-D, it's, uh, it's um, Yahweh, right? But when you see the capital G-O-D, it's Elohim. So it's no Yahweh is Elohim. Now, what's the difference? The difference is that it's talking about Yahweh's God. Yeah, he, like he, he's Jehovah, Jireh. He's our provider, right? Jehovah Nisi, right? Jehovah Shalom. He's our peace, right? But when you see God, when you see Elohim, you're seeing that he's Elohim. He's the creator. He can breathe life onto anything that you have in your life that needs life breathed into it. It may look dead and it may look hopeless, but one breath of God will turn that situation around. Because he's out good. And that's good news, man. It says this, It is he who made us, and we are his. Whew. That's good news, Right? And then it says, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Now, again, I've addressed this. Sheep are stupid. <laughs> so I tried to not get offended when I read this. But it made me excited, too, because he's like, like, even though you're stupid and don't got a clue, <laughs> you're still mine, and I'll still take care of you. Ever it, and when I looked at it like that, it suddenly took a lot of pressure off of me. Right? Could you ever think, I got to do this and I got to, and I don't want to miss God. Don't miss God. When I was a kid, people were like, you don't want to miss God. And I'm like, how do you miss him? He's so big. <laughs> right? It just boggled my mind, right? But it comes to a point now where it's like, I know, God, that I can't miss you because even in my mistakes, God, you're going to turn it for my good because your word promises that. And so now I'm not worried about being a good little sheep, right? Because sheep are dumb. Even when we think we're good, we're not. Right? So now I can say, I'm, I'm his. And I know he's going to take care of me. And I know that he's going to love me. And I know that when I need the oil on my head to fix the things that are getting my ears, he's going to do it. Or if I have a, a, a hoof rod or whatever, he's going to doctor it and he's going to take care of me. Right? If I have hoof and mouth disease. I swear people have that too. Right? I can't walk or talk. But God says, I'm going to take care of you. You're mine. I love you. I'm for you. I want to do great things in your life. You belong to me. See, that was a great exchange. He's like, you get to make that choice. He had to say, am I going to give you all of me? Or am I going to give you none of me? Because it really comes down. It's either all in or all out. And our all-in comes in surrender. Just, hey, here, take all this. 
and he takes all that crap and he gives us all his blessings. Now some of that crap lingers on. Right? Some of that stuff. But we're his people. And he's our God. And he loves us and he's for us. And there's value in that, right? So it's He's saying, I made you. Before you were born, He knew you were going to be here. He created you for this time and for this season to bring glory to Him and to to have life and to have life more abundantly, to have all that He promised us, right? It is He who made us and we are His. We are whose? His. That's good news. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. And then this is where it comes in, and I love this. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Now this is what's really cool, because I love this. Um, in the temple days, they'd have a temple, and like they, and on the east gate was called the beautiful gate. But they had like entrances all over. Like they had a sacrifice gate on, on one side, and then they had they actually had a woman's court, and then they had they actually had a leper's court, and then they had you know the priest court, and there there was a lot of courts in the court, right? But they'd go into these gates, and when you it didn't matter which gate you you're going into, the Bible says enter his gates with thanksgiving. Well, where were you going from to? You were going inside the outer courts of the temple, right? And from the outer courts of the temple, then you could go into the to um, where they'd have the brazen altar, and then they had the holy place, and then the holy of holies, right? So, so the priest could go on up there. There was like twelve steps, and they go in, and you'd have the brazen altar, and then there was a court there, and then there was this. Um, only the priest would go in, and they'd offer the showbread and the incense to God in the holy place, but only once a year could the high priest go in to the holy of holies, right? Mm-hmm. So here, here he's saying, enter his courts or enter his gates with thanksgiving. And it made me think, and I was thinking about this because it goes right into enter his Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Thanksgiving brings us something to praise God about. Thanksgiving will birth praise because we get to praise God. Now we're coming in and we're thankful. God, I am so thankful that I know you. And I'm so thankful that you made me and that I'm yours. And you're going to take care of me. And God says, that's right. Now watch. And then he... He takes care of us, and then we get to praising. That's what praise is. We're praising God for something that He's done already, right? So technically, when we're going there being thankful, what we're doing is we're praising Him too. It's bringing Him praise. And it's also a form of worship too, because we're worshiping Him. And when we do that, God starts birthing stuff. Just boom, 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 boom. Why? Because we've gotten ourselves out of the way. Right? Watch Jesus. What did he do? Everybody's against him. They're mad at him because he didn't get to Lazarus' tomb. 
in time. Not just three days, four days. If he'd have got there in three days, he would have had a chance to resurrect him. But it was four days, Jesus. You blew it. Right? Everybody's like, if you would have just been here in time, if you would have just done this, if you would have just done that. And you know what, Jesus? He didn't get mad at him. The Bible says he was heartbroken. The Bible says he wept. You think he was weeping for Lazarus? Because he knew he was getting ready to, to raise him from the dead. I think he was weeping because these people were supposed to have known him. Supposed to have known who he was. These are people that walked and talked with him and they saw the miracles and they saw him crash funerals. Right? They saw him heal the sick. They saw impossible stuff happen and now they're saying, guess what? You're day too late. So guess what? It's over. There's no hope. And Jesus looks at him and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the one who's going to change this circumstance. I'm the one who's going to make a way where it doesn't seem the way. I'm the one who's going to breathe life even to those things that you think are dead. Not good news. And that's what he's saying here when he's saying, no, that, the, that Yahweh is Elohim. He's a creator. Like, he created you once, he can create you again. When you were dirt, he took up dirt and breathed life into it. Do you think he can't do that to a corpse on the fourth day? I mean, come on. So here's Jesus, and he, the Bible says that he wept. But then... He starts to pray, but you know what his prayer starts with? I thank you, Father, that you always hear me. Even in his broken heart, even when no one believed in him, even when it looked impossible, Jesus said, you know something? I'm so thankful, Father, that you hear me. I'm so thankful that I have this relationship with you and this opportunity to reach to you and this opportunity to, that you're going to show up in this circumstance. And then he said, okay, guys, we're going to fast and pray for three weeks. And then I'm going to do something. No. Because he thanked the Lord. And when he thanked the Lord, he said, Lazarus, come forth. Why? Because in that thanksgiving, the authority of God was brought right there. And he said, come forth. Whatever God says can't be voided out. His promises are sure. His promises are just. And his promises reign in our lives. In Luke chapter 1. There's a story of this student. He was in the inner court. Actually, he was in the, in the holy place, and he was um, giving incense you know, at the altar of the incense. And um, as he's sitting there, this angel comes. says, hey, Zachariah, guess what? You're going to have a baby. Like, dude, I'm, I'm old, man. My wife's old. Like, everybody always blames their wife. <laughs> all these great men of, of God, right? You know, like at least he didn't give her away twice, like Abraham, <laughs> right? 
well, what's up with these guys, right? So my wife's old too, and it's like, like, this can't happen, right? This can't happen. <laughs> and he's just questioning the angel, right? And um, finally, in, um, let me read just a hair bit in Luke 1, 11. It says, an angel Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. Okay. Time out. So here's another dude. Like, your prayer has been heard. He's like, Dude, I've been praying for a hundred years. Now it's too late. Another too late. How is this going to work? God says, I ain't worried about time. And I'm not worried about the impossible situations because I'm Elohim. I'm the creator. I can breathe life into anything I want to breathe life into if you'll just put your trust and your hope in me. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. Or it would be Yochanan in Hebrew, which means God's grace. He will be a joy and delight to you, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He and then it goes on. He's, he was a Nazarite. And um, that's what he was saying. And then many of the people of Israel will bring, will he bring back to the Lord, and he will go out on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of righteousness to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And then Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. You know what he's really saying? I don't believe you. Like, no, there's no way. I mean, what more do you need? Right? Like, here's an angel. Poof! Right? And he's already scared and in awe of it, and then it's telling him this, and he goes, yeah, right. <laughs> Come on. Like, a, like, God needs to send me a sign. I mean, you ever been there? Like you're praying for something and God sends you a sign. Like, well, I need a sign from God. And God's like, here's your sign. What more do you need? Really, when we operate in faith, what more do we need than what God said when he said it? And take him at his word. And he gave us these promises right here. How can, and so, so the angel says, you know what? I'm going to have to help this boy because he's going to mess us up with his mouth. So he's like, I'll give you a sign. You ain't going to be able to talk until the boy's born, right? So he comes out like he's awestruck, and everyone's like, what's happening? And he's like, like you can't see my mouth, but it's like going like this. No sound coming out. So he had to get like the, they had to go get him one of those sketcher boards <laughs> and a dry erase board with the thing. And so he's like starting to tell him that way, right? That there was a young lady. Like, this was a priest that ministered before God. Right? He dedicated his life to knowing the Word of God and to knowing God and to serving in the temple. Right? He's serving in the most holy place, right? Or in the holy place. Offering incense to God, right? 
And then this young lady, her name's Mary, right? It says in 26, In the sixth month God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town called Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to, to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored and the Lord is with you. Do you ever feel favored? I said, says, hey, hi, you're highly favored. And then she's like, she, she was getting ready to go through some hell. Right? She wasn't just going to give birth to Jesus, but like no one was going to believe her. Like, how are you going to believe this story? Right? And then when Jesus is born, they happened to scoot out to Egypt. It wasn't rosy and it wasn't easy, but God called her and favored her. And she gave birth to something that was greater than anything that had ever happened on this planet. She was favored. Sometimes we don't feel like we're favored, but we are. Because, because we're favored doesn't mean that everything's going to go out all peachy before us and we're going to step out and all of a sudden there's like these birds swinging around and the animals are dancing with us. <laughs> Look like we're in a Disney movie. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we gotta gotta fight and keep going and keep moving. But God's with us and He's favored. Then He said, Mary was greatly troubled at His words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to son, and you are to give him the name Yeshua or Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him a throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will ever be. And then Mary says, well, how, how will this be, dude? Man, haven't you read the books? <laughs> right? So the angel's like, that's a fair question, right? So he says, says this, he says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be, uh, be a, called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. You know what that means? Nothing is impossible with God. When a direct translation could be, no word of God is void of power. Now think about that. Nothing is impossible with God. And no word of God is void of power. You know what she says? Angel's getting ready to have to shut her up too, right? <laughs> no. Do you know what she says? Great. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. You know what she's saying? May it be to me according to your word. What if we responded to God's promises and God's word like that? What if we said, may it be to me according to your word? You see, we get a choice. 
we get to respond to God and say, Father, I'm going to believe you no matter what. Amen? Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.